name is Jocelyn Rivera. I'm the managing partner at the Press Play Agency. Jocelyn, appreciate you coming through. Glad we uh, were able to connect. Um, uh, shout out to Aiden as well, who who kind of originally put both of us on each one yeah. of our radar. Um, so again, happy to happy to have you on. Um, and so yeah, just kind of want to start right at the top, um, as I've been doing every single episode. Um, I want to make sure that we continue the, the the talk around Black Lives Matter. Make sure that it stays top of mind for everybody, especially in music. Um, mm -hmm. So just wanted to start there and kind of get your thoughts surrounding everything that's been going on. Um, you know, curious your thoughts on, you know, the changes we've seen. Do you think those will have a long-term impact? Um, who do you think has done a, a really great job uh, of really showing up and kind of putting their money where their mouth is or, or really trying to implement serious changes within their business that may not have, um, been able to do that before or done that before um yeah just kind of wanted to get your thoughts and your take on on everything that's been going on and uh yeah please feel free to shout out any any causes or any people that you're supporting directly as well okay so i think that this is about time i feel like we've been dealing with like a lot of different types of oppression for a long time but haven't really said anything about it um i think at first it was difficult for a lot of people to figure out how they wanted to support the cause because we haven't really like i feel like as black people as a whole we haven't really done anything like as a unit in so long so it was like i feel like so many people tried their own ways to try to get their voice heard or try to support the cause um and that caused a lot of interesting tension as well because um you know there were a lot of people that were against like rioting there were a lot of people that felt like that wasn't the right way to go about it but then you have to remember like we don't even know how to like support ourselves. We haven't even been able to like rally against anything as a unit ever. So it's kind of difficult. Um, but I thought that that was, I think it opened up an interesting debate um, and a, like a, a good like topic to talk about, you know, like as a, as a black community. So I feel like that was, that was good. I feel like we got to really, you know, get into some really serious questions and conversations and it was difficult a lot of people were just kind of like confused about a lot of things people didn't know where to, to stand on things and um i was kind of more on the side of um more reform as opposed to um revolution i guess because i felt like um in my opinion it would make things a little bit more difficult if we were kind of like destroy build in a like backwards kind of sense so I thought that um, I was kind of on on that side of it, but then I heard a lot of different, um, it's actually interesting because like my younger brother, he was out there protesting and doing everything like that. And I didn't understand it. I was just kind of like, I don't think that makes sense, but he broke it down to me. He was kind of like, you know, like what else is there to do? They're not listening to us. Nobody's hearing us. Like we have to go out, we have to be louder. And I thought about it that way. And he was just like, um, then my brother actually kind of, sorry, I'm kind of getting a little long-winded, but... No, not at um, all, not at all, please. Okay, but um, my brother kind of broke it down to me, and he was like, you know, you have a voice in the music community, you have a voice on social media, you have to say something, you have to speak up, like, you got to talk. And I was like, you know, I don't really know what to say. Like, it was a real difficult thing for me at first. Um, then I kind of took the stance of teaching. I thought about a lot of things that I learned growing up, um... So a little bit of background on me, aside from music and stuff like that, like my father's a Rasta and that's kind of like, um, basically it's like a way of thinking. It's not really like a religion per, per se, but I grew up on a lot of different um, like ideologies that some people may be learning now. So me and my brother, we kind of know a lot of things. Um, so it was kind of like, 
it's hard to explain certain things because people take it the wrong way or they don't really understand it too deep. So when I first started speaking on social media, I got a lot of backlash because a lot of people were kind of like, Yo, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, what are you? So I had to me, I had to sit down with a lot of people that like knew me personally and they would help me like figure out ways to really say what I want to say. Um, so the beginning of it was very difficult for me because I tried to be real quiet. I got backlash for being quiet and I got backlash for saying things that I know to be true. Um, so yeah, I learned how to present myself. So that was an eye-opening experience for me personally. And I feel like it was for a lot of people, you know, just kind of learning how to present themselves in the black community because we, we don't know how to talk to each other that well. Um, but aside from that, I feel like it opened up a whole new conversation about supporting black businesses. Like, I feel like I was going to shout out a few that I was thinking of, but then I just thought maybe we, I should just talk about them as a whole. Because first of all, like down to like my nails, like I look at them just thinking of something simple, but like I go to like, like Koreans or Asians to get my nails done. And I never thought that there were so many black businesses that do nails and like why don't I ever support them so right. like for my birthday like I got my nails done at like a black business and it was really cool actually like she was so chill and she was actually pretty new so she was working at her house and then a couple weeks later she got her shop because so many people started supporting her so I thought that was really cool so I did that I went to like a bunch of different everything that I would usually do I did it for a black business um so that was interesting and it just was like first of all some of the some of them were a little difficult like i felt like there was a huge kind of push to black businesses to the point where a lot of them didn't really know how to support the overflow of business so there was right. a lot of difficult things at first it was like some stores had outrageous lines and horrible customer service and i was but how i felt about it and a lot of people it was a lot of backlash on that too because i have an issue with just saying whatever i want to say so i'm working on that <laughs> but basically <laughs> i was like what so i would be like yo nah customer service is bad i don't like this whatever i don't care that it's a black business like you still got to have the same customer service i feel so I went to a lot of black businesses and I kind of left like comments on my social media so people can know like, okay, this was cool, but this wasn't cool. And this was cool. This was cool. And a lot of people like that. So that was kind of my way of like supporting, but still keeping it center because I feel like business, I'm very specific about business. So I feel like you got to do stuff the right way. So I guess that's my spiel. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I, I appreciate it. And, and yeah, what, what I think you're talking about uh, when it comes to supporting black businesses is um, all that stuff. That, that's like the um, just kind of going through those growth stages that like any new any new business yeah. at any level has to deal with right mm -hmm. and, and hopefully um that is a a long-term change and that those are good problems to have right mm -hmm. like, okay how exactly. do we how do we um, provide better customer service how do we get our products faster how can we drive the price down so that people right. spend more with us or how can we increase our profit margins whatever the case exactly. is yeah so um it's such an interesting take and, and yeah that's why i, th I think what well, companies supporting black businesses is, is such a key piece because without um, the money being there, uh, it's it's hard for those businesses to stay around and continue right. to, to support themselves, support families, exactly. support communities. Um, so like, and, and then what I thought was great was Netflix, you know, moving, what was it? They moved like a hundred million dollars of their money into black owned 
banks like that right there is like real systemic change and and yeah it's just you need more of that to like help those um under educated new business owners like to to kind of uh better understand how they can provide great service to people right that that too I guess the last thing I would say on that was like, I like the movement um, that, that was kind of made in the music industry, kind of like pausing for a minute yep. and really checking what they're doing because there's a lot of money that goes into the music industry from the black community. And I feel like when we're not, we're represented, but we're represented as urban or all of these weird titles. And I feel like people have to understand, like there's just, there's a lot of culture there. There's a lot of like, like things that we have to, take into consideration if you're gonna like you know consume yourself with this community of people and take money from these people there's a lot of like there's a lot of respect that that kind of gets lost but i feel like that was kind of like looked really deeply looked into especially in the music industry during this time but i don't know if it's still being done yeah that that is uh i I agree i I hope that is uh, over okay gotcha my phone is dying (laughs) gotcha gotcha (laughs) I got a little spot over here. You can say sorry, I'm listening. Um, yeah, all good. Um, what was I saying? The uh, yeah, I, I hope that is not just a um, you know kind of a band aid fix where um, it, it's just lip service and they're like, hey, we're gonna drop urban from our titles yeah. from our from our uh, you know departments. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, that's like, yes, that is one good step, but then how else are you going to be changing exactly. the infrastructure set, your community, your, your businesses to help these communities to like really help them, you know, because you're taking a lot, you're exploiting a lot. There's a lot of negative stuff, you know, that you're exactly. praying across all genres, but specifically in black communities, bad stereotypes that you're continuing to perpetuate. Are you really doing that just Violence. for the profit? You know what I mean? Right. All that type of stuff. Are you really, really looking at that and saying, well, this isn't the type of music or culture that we want to support because this is just, this, this is a negative cycle for people. Right. right? Do you really want to pick that up? Or are you really like, no, this is a, a definitive stance. You just jumping on that because you're at scale and you need things that are really going to make money and you know, exactly. negative things tend to, tend I'm to curious. Better. To yeah. see what happens in the long run, but I'm I'm happy that the conversation is happening. Ex- agreed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, agreed. And hopefully, you know, hopefully these little things keep that conversation going, and we keep kind of exactly. putting pressure on people to to have those difficult conversations because it's tough. It, it, it is tough, but it's tough. But uh, but again, I appreciate you diving into that um, early on as we start here. Uh, but yeah, kind of want to shift gears a little bit, get get to know you a little bit more, help help the audience better understand, you know, kind of how you got to where you're at today. Uh, so yeah, let's just kind of start at the beginning. You know, tell us a little bit about how you got your start in music and how you kind of found your way onto the marketing and, and management side of things. Well, so I started off in college, honestly. So I was um. I graduated, I guess now it's three years. I graduated in 2017, December, so it's two and a half years. I was like blogging for different hip hop sites, um, just in school, just like kind of like as a hobby. Um, I basically started off doing like mainstream writing for just like random sites. I was like, you know, whatever. I just want to keep it updated and I kind of just want to, I don't even know what the, the idea was behind that. I was just like, whatever. I applied for one publication and they liked my writing and I was like, oh, I might as well do more. By the time I realized it, I was writing for about 40 sites and 
just writing mainstream stuff and I was just doing it because it was just interesting to me. Um, so prior to that, I was um, interning at this event space in Brooklyn. Um, so I was kind of helping her. I was like, I think I was like 17 or 18 at the time. I was just helping her out with social media and getting like her place off the ground. So she used to tell me like, oh, like you should throw some something here that can kind of like basically bring a younger crowd um, to the location. And I was like, oh, you know what I could do? I could do like a music showcase or whatever. Cause it's like a bunch of people in Brooklyn that make music or whatever. that never have a stage and you've got a nice setup here or whatever. So I did that. Um, a lot of people would come to that show. People liked it. So then after a while, like I was kind of doing that back and forth to school, or whatever. And so after a while, people were like, oh, what else do you do? Like, I was like, oh, I blog or whatever. So then people at the show were like, oh, can you write about me on one of those blogs? I was like, all right, yeah, fine, whatever. I'll write, if you, if you perform, I'll write about you for one of these um, publications or whatever. So I was doing that. And then after a while, people just started DMing me like, yo, can you just, can I just pay you to go on the site? And I was like, I don't know. I got to talk to the editor or whatever. And they were like, yeah, if you, we can split the profit or whatever, um, do that. So at the time I was in college, so I was like, okay, cool. I was doing it. It was making me money. Then I was um, writing people's bios and I was doing like interviews for them and all this kind of stuff. And I just became like the go-to blogger girl type of thing. So then publicists started reaching out to me and managers and different companies started reaching out just to get like their stuff on a bunch of different sites. So I was like, okay, cool. So somebody reached out to me, they're like, you know, this is called PR. And I was like, what's that about? Whatever. So I looked it up. I was like, oh, I guess it's similar, but I'm not really pitching anything. I'm just like putting it right on the site because I write for them or whatever. So I was like, okay, that's interesting that I can like skip the middle band like that. That's like, I like kind of like this. So I started doing that for a while. And then um, basically, uh, so I was like towards the end of college. I'm like, okay, like what else is there? Like I got to do something else because I don't really, at the time I was studying human development in college. So I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing. I got to figure something out. So I started doing um, digital marketing. I basically, a friend of mine was working at Facebook at the time. And she was like, yo, I got this like login thing where you could learn like, digital marketing you could learn how to like get people's instagrams better and stuff like that i was like okay cool whatever started doing that and i was like really good at it so i added that to like a package oh, damn it's kind of loud sorry but um i added that to like a package um i started creating like packages i was like okay so maybe i'll do like four sites um a digital marketing campaign i can consult with you for a little bit i could do like an interview kind of style thing hold on a second let me close this yeah Oh, this no, it's okay. I already started. Yeah, it's like, the guy was like, I have a conference room if you want. I'm like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yes, yeah, so I was doing that. I started the package, and then people were like buying it. And I was like, whoa, like, okay, like this money that could be made, like just <laughs> yeah, out right? here or whatever. So I was like, okay, whatever. But how can I take this to the next level? Because I'm about to graduate college, whatever. So I started just DMing, like, people that worked in the music industry, like, different like, A&Rs, different people, like, yo, like, I don't really know what I could do, but I write really well, and I have a lot of publications that I write for, and people always pick up my story, so if you want me to write about your artists, I could do that, then they're like, oh, can you write press releases and shit? I was like, I mean, Google, like, yeah, I'll yeah. figure it out, like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So one of the people that gave me one of my first opportunities was somebody named Drew. He was working at Shady Records at the time. So 
at the time, like I was kind of like, I guess you could say hustling, like making internet money and it was working. So I just never got a job after college. I was just kind of out and I was making a lot of money to the point where I was just out shopping every day in Soho and stuff like that. So he basically was like, oh, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm in Soho right now. He was like, oh, pull up to the office. Like Shady Records was on Lafayette at the time. So I pulled up on him. We chopped it up. We just talked to him. He really liked me. So he ended up hiring me as a freelancer for Shady Records. So I was like fresh out of college. I'm just working there. And I'm like, whatever. I don't know what's going yeah. on. And they yeah. really started liking me. Um, so they used to bring artists in that they were thinking about signing. And they used to basically just be in like this like room, like a bunch of them just have the speaker and shit and play music and just chill. And they would be like, what do you think of them? Like they'd ask me for my feedback on the artists or whatever. And I was like, whatever. They just kind of like my attitude. Like I was just real, like real blunt with what I felt about the artists and stuff like that. So I would, they would call me into a lot of these meetings now. So that's how I learned like consulting, I guess. Um, I just had to be real. They were just like, say whatever's on your mind. Like they kind of trained me to be like comfortable with like my opinions and stuff like that. So um, I started doing that and then they started bringing me into sessions. So I started like doing A&R work type of thing. Um, so I was just there and I was like, I never really asked them for real money like that because I was fine. But then they started paying me as like a contractor. So that's how I learned like about the freelance world and how to contract yep. do labels and stuff like that. And then I was like, okay, I have to make my business. I have to get an LLC because they're paying me through my business. So I was like learning things kind of on the fly. So I was doing that for a while. Um, then Shady Records merged with Def Jam. Um, so then this is where the story kind of gets interesting, I guess. So <laughs> basically, I'm like at Shady Records. I'm like with Shady Records or whatever. They merged with Def Jam. My mentor is at Def Jam now. So one time he tells me to come to his office and he's like, yo, like, funny story. I feel like you really remind me of my boss, like my new boss here. She'll remind me of her, whatever. I was like, oh, whatever. Um, prior to that, one of my, I was working at Hanay, so also I was working at Hanay 7 too. Like I was doing promotions with um, Juski over there. I was like doing a lot of different, it's like there's a lot of things I probably am going to miss between here. Yeah, but yeah, for I was sure. working for like a lot of different labels, like freelance and doing a bunch of stuff. So I was just like, I was that go-to kind of like random girl that all of these labels would like contract and stuff like that. But I never really wanted to work somewhere because once I realized I could work everywhere, I was like, nah, I don't want no job. It's fine. <laughs> like I like being outside. Yeah. So, so I was at Hanley 7 or whatever. I was doing that. Um, so basically I had a friend there that was a photographer. He invited me to this dinner. It was like woman in music dinner. So it was crazy. Like I was sitting next to like the head of here and the blah, 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 and the VP of there. And they were all from these big places. But my friend really believed in me. He was like, I got to get you in there. Like you got to be there. So I was sitting next to this woman or whatever. And then at the end of the night, I took pictures of everybody and put it on Instagram because I was just so happy. Like, I was like, you could, like, to me, I was like, that's it. Like, that's yeah. the hype right there. I just met Laura Styles. I met Lon Ray. I met people from everywhere. And they were just like, you know, they were looking at me like, oh, like, who are you? If you here, like, who are you? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> so um, I used to, I tagged everybody and this woman DM me and she's like, I put up like some of my mother from Mother's Day. She was like, that's your mom? I was like, yeah. She was like, hey, cousin. So she's the VP of a and at Def Jam, right? So I was like- Wow, small world. There you small go. Small world, right? Yeah. So then she's like, yo, you should come to my office. You should meet me. Like, we should chop it up or whatever, you know? So I pull up on her. 
quit talking. She's like in love with everything that I'm doing. So she was like, how can I help you? And I'm like, well, however you see fit. So she started getting me different artists to like work freelance jobs through Def Jam and stuff like that. So now I'm in the meeting, my mentor walks in. That's his boss. <laughs> so wow. that one he was saying that you remind me of, that was my whole Yeah, movie. yeah. That was wow. like, Crazy. 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 So I started working with Def Jam, doing freelance projects with them and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, so that was that. Um, so now backwards a little bit. Um, I threw like somebody reached out to me and was like, yo, I got this really cool space in Long Island City. You should throw a show with me. I'm like, I never threw a big show before. I always throw my small showcases or whatever. But if you want, I'll do it. So I threw the show and it was huge because I've been throwing these small showcases for a while. So when I had this big one, like everybody pulled up, like the freaking bill was wrapped around the building. I was like, wow, I really got some pull in these streets. Yeah. That's crazy. Right? So I invited all the people, the A&Rs I've been reaching out to and working with, they all pulled up. So like everybody was freaking out because they was like, they came in like they, their Def Jam jackets and their Atlanta Records jackets and the 300 and everybody was like, how did you get all these people here? I was like, I've been just, they know me, like I've been here, like they, they like working. me, so they pulled up, yeah. So they came because they wanted to see like who was the next hot talent because I had put together the show, like I was really specific about like everybody that performed, like their last song was like similar to the next song. So it was like, it flowed together, like a, people was calling it like a concert. I was like, oh, thank you. Like, you know, <laughs> so everybody was like, oh, like you really good with A&R, whatever. Like, basically I started to realize like I was just good at everything, not everything, but a lot of things in the music industry, like A&R, management, stuff like that. So one of the artists, so I had like flipped the narrow on the bill at the time and then he canceled on me because he was about to get signed. And people was like, it was like, everybody who was like hot was like there that night, whatever. So I replaced it with one of these other artists. They pulled up for me, they performed. After they perform, a couple of days later, they reached out to me. It was like, yo, like you, that was amazing. The show was great. Like you made me feel so comfortable. Like even when things were like crazy, you still like, you gonna perform? Don't worry, I got you. I was like, I don't even know what's going on. I'm just, I just gotta make sure everybody feel good. Yeah, exactly. Feel good. Yep, yep. <laughs> like they gotta feel good. So they were like, yo, we really like you. Like we really want you to help us out with like PR and shit. And like I said at the time, I was making money. So everything, every opportunity somebody offered me, if it wasn't paying, I didn't really care because I was like, whatever, like I have money, it's fine. So I was doing PR for them for a while. Then I started going off with them. Like they was on 97, it was on Power 105, it was on everything. And they were like, Joe, just manage us. I'm like, I ain't never managed nobody before. I don't know about that. Like, I don't know, whatever. So it took me like two months and I finally decided to manage them and they did really good. Like they started going, they started getting out there, out there. So probably like, maybe like a, a year into that or like six months into that, people started reaching out to me from other places like, yo, you gotta manage this artist, you gotta manage this artist. So I started managing Don Q from Highbridge or whatever. That was through um, the head of NR Atlantic, the one I met at that dinner, who the dinner was for. Yep. She, me and her started getting really close and I started like, she just called me up for random stuff. Like, yo, I need beats for this person. I need that. She really liked my like punctuality and how I'm, I get shit done. So she basically connected me with them. I started managing Don Q. That started blowing up. Everybody was like, how did you get that? Like, oh my God, whatever. Then I started managing Chef G. I started managing Sleepy Hollow. I just started getting like the biggest acts, like the um, biggest like underground acts, how I look yeah. at it. Um, yep. But everybody was kind of like, that's, those are big deals. So I started working at Empire doing um, 
like project management for them. Then I started doing so good that the team wanted me for their management instead of me working for Empire. Then it gave me Sleepy. And it's just like, I just started getting artists. Like I started getting artists from all over, like all different labels that were like new, but like had a buzz and people liked them or whatever. So they wanted me to come up with like a creative way to get them out there. So like for like Chef G, we did like the billboard in, in his neighborhood so everybody could see it. We do like big parties. Like I really blew it up. And then like now they're like going crazy. So I love it. But um, yeah, so that's pretty much my story. Like I just was just there. And that's I, I mean, that, that's a hell of a story thus far too. Yeah. And, and it's so early on. So I mean, that's a lot of what you said is, is um, you know, what a lot of us went through early on in the career, just trying to run and do everything that you can to kind of get the experience and just to hustle and just to meet people and, and uh, keep yourself, put yourself in a position to uh, find those opportunities and then be able to take advantage of them in the right, right way. So uh, yeah, great story. Great story. So yeah. kind of want to switch gears a little bit, getting into a little bit more of the technical side of things, ask you some nitty gritty questions. Um, I want to talk about content and, and what artists should be creating during this time. So how do you, you know, during COVID, during the pandemic, how do you think artists should be creating content? Like, is there a system that you kind of have in mind that you think works best? Like, Hey, limited to these types of videos, make them short, make them, you know, long, put them on YouTube, put them on Instagram. What do you think is kind of a, a, a method or a plan that some artists should be paying attention to at this time? I felt, well, early on, I kind of was really like, I think artists should just drop whatever they want right now and just test it out. Because at the time, like at the beginning of quarantine, people were like literally on their phone, like psychopaths. Like I feel like Instagram was like breaking down. Like it was so many people. So I was still doing a lot of, like I was actually blessed enough to still have work and stuff like that to do. So people were like booking consultations. I would just tell them like, just drop stuff, just drop it and, and, and take your, take the information into like a spreadsheet or something that you see, because it's the best, like, it's like a real great testing ground right now. Like it's like open, like you don't even need ads because this is everything is there. And if you do put ads on it, it's going to really get seen. So I was telling people just to put stuff out like that. And then the next thing I was looking at was like people, because like, I guess it's, it's kind of, I guess it's a little weird, but I think that like, because everything was happening in the world, like everybody was real, like conscious of their thoughts and things like that. People were reading more and wanted to really like hear things with substance. So I was like, you know, like if you put in something out, be real, like now that this was like, I guess from beginning March to like maybe like April-ish, like I felt like you could just play around, but then once it got kind of serious, it was like put things out with some type of substance and make sure people can read your lyrics, like lyric videos and stuff like that, because people really want to hear something that they can talk about to somebody. They want to have conversations. They want to have. They want to be enlightened and stuff like that. So there was that shift. But other than that, I was really kind of like just lock in, like really go to the studio as much as you can now because you can like really do that and no one is going to bother you like you know yeah. like there's nothing else to do so I was yep. really kind of pushing that especially on my artists I was like they gotta go to the studio they gotta go to the studio because but then it was like um so there's like a whole nother side thing I started to notice like like artists started to get real uninspired though so it was like yeah, yeah that, it was that like, burnout that burnout factor it started to happen big. yeah 
So I was kind of like at the beginning, I was really hard on them, like get in the studio, get in the studio, because you're not doing nothing, not doing nothing. But then I started listening to the music. I was like, you don't sound happy. Like you sound like, because you have to remember, like artists make music based off experience. And if there's no experiences going on, then what are they going to rap about or talk about or anything? So the music kind of went down. And I feel like that was because of that. And I feel like a lot of people were kind of putting a lot of pressure on artists to like make music. And you just got to understand, they're people and they're like the most emotional type. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Then it, it shifted into that whole mindset of like, okay, real like thoughtfulness, like really uh, make sure that whatever you're doing with your time, there's real intention behind it and that there's reason. Yeah. Cause going in the studio and just recording stuff, if there's no real reason, it's not going to hit. Yeah. It's just yeah. not going to hit. And so, um, yeah, I definitely agree. It's kind of, I feel like that's kind of been, um, uh, the pluses and minuses of it, right? Like you have a little bit more time that you can go and do that, but then also, you need to take that time to like really think about think what, what you want to do. Sure. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, got another question for you. Um, you know, you, you were talking about lyric videos, talking about getting in the studio, all super important things. What about um, artists really connecting? I want to talk about artists connecting with their fans and, and a quick question. Curious your thoughts on, you know, email marketing versus social media marketing. Um, emails kind of made a resurgence over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. We we taken it we take it for granted because it was kind of our first form of online communication, right? One of them. Um, but extremely, you know, your your open rates are going to be much higher there than than your social media engagement. So, curious your thoughts on you know email marketing versus social media marketing. Mm-hmm. I actually like I do a lot of like testing on myself before I do anything with artists because I'm like, I have a decent following. I could play with certain things. So at the beginning of quarantine, I was doing like a show where I was interviewing, like similar to what we're doing. I was just interviewing people that I knew, like just to do it because I was kind of bored and I felt like I needed to do something. So I was doing that. And then after every show, I would like basically have artists submit music or whatever. So that after we do the interview, I would play the music like random, like I would just have people comment a number and then I would pick a number in the email. So whoever um, people that emailed, I would email all of them like, oh, like, thank you for submitting. If you want to do a consultation with me, whatever, I got a free consultation link or whatever. Cause I just wanted to see like if people would click it and yeah. it was like crazy, like the email stuff, it was way better than my social media marketing. Like if I just said, oh, swipe up to get a free conversation, like people didn't really care. When they got that direct email from me that had my my tag on it and it felt real personal, actually Aiden wrote the email. So he's go. really Shout good with email writing. Amazing, yeah, <laughs> he's amazing. So he wrote it and it was very personal and they were happy and stuff like that. So I got a lot of constant, it was like booked every day for the whole like two months straight. Um, so I was like, this is crazy. And I got a lot of business from that because like, I was just talking to people all day, like 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes. Yep. So that worked. Um, social media didn't work as well. I didn't put any ads on anything at the time because I haven't really, I started doing ads now because I started doing um, like researching certain areas and like these like, um, these like, Pro, these like I don't know what you call them but they're like systems where you type in like certain types of ideas that you have in your head and they'll give you like target areas so now I'm doing that but before that I was just putting it on email and it was working so well and I started with my artists I was like okay new single blah 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 but what I would do is I would add on like a lot of we were selling things like 
selling like products or selling like t-shirts or something to make people or like giving it away sometimes or whatever. So the email was working real, real well. Beginning of the quarantine. I don't know if it's still the same because people aren't checking their phone as much. Now people are going out a little bit, but it was working real, real well. It was way better than social media. I would recommend it. Um, but you got to make sure your copyright is right. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I definitely agree. It's got to be, the copywriting has to be on point, but then also mm-hmm. there has to be real value within the email. Exactly. Right? Like to get- you're kind of be, right. You're kind of beyond the point of like, Hey, I got a new single. It's like, Everybody already knows about Everybody, that. Yeah. It's so played out. It's on your social media. It's in like their music feeds, right? So if you're going to hit somebody up in their inbox, like there needs to be real value. Yeah. Real substance the first time. Cause I think that's going to be the next. Of the- yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Um, now I kind of want to talk about um, platforms and where you think artists should be on. So do you think it's important for an artist to be on every single platform or, uh, you know, to kind of, uh, make sure that they don't get burnt out by social media do you think it's more important to just focus on one or two that they really like or they're really good at and just go all the way in on there and, and build up an audience there what do you what do you think is best that's kind of the first question and then uh what do you think or excuse me what do you think is the best route one two all of them um and then what do you think is the best app to be on right now i think that if you can be on multiple go for it but it's not realistic like i i even can't be on everything i will like i don't use facebook like i use twitter and i use instagram but i don't even use twitter for business i use twitter for like just scrolling and looking at cool videos or whatever the case may be but a lot what i have noticed is like you know you can like share the same content to like other platforms whatever so i guess you could do that but I say focus on one. Just get your numbers up there. If you, because what I noticed is like, first of all, like, it's I guess I don't even know how to explain it well. But like, Facebook is a different beat. Like, there's a different temperature on Facebook than there is on Instagram, and there's a whole different temperature on Twitter. Like, I feel like realistically, like Facebook is like for like the hood in a way, like if you're looking at it in the music kind of sense, like I go on Facebook and that's all like, like high school people and like stuff from my old neighborhood and real throwback. Like, so if you want to like attack a specific demographic, like you want those people, it's kind of awkward to say, but like, Certain types of people. I don't want to say I don't want people to take it the wrong way, but like if you want to hit no, certain no, types no, of market, sure. go on Facebook. If you want to, yeah, if you want to go, Instagram is like, like college kid type vibe. Like there's a certain type of people there. So if you want, you just got to pay attention. You got to be specific about what you, yep. who you trying to hit. Um, and Twitter, I feel like you have to be more intentional with your words and you have to be real specific with your information and you got to know what you're talking about on there. Um, so that's different. So I feel like you got to know where, where you, who you're talking to, who you're trying to talk to, who you want to talk to, then you go there. Um, I feel like you can't just throw stuff anywhere because that's not going to get you anywhere. So I definitely think that, but um, I've recently, so I guess for my fear, I've been on like Twitter recently because I just like um, how it kind of gets things first in a way. Like you, a lot of the things you see on Twitter, you see it on Twitter before you, like you see it on Instagram, but it's already been on Twitter for a while. Um, but it's kind of like, 
Facebook, Instagram kind of waters it down a little bit. Um, so it's more palatable. So I like Twitter because I'm kind of like, okay, I'm ahead of the curve now. I can kind of see what's going on and then I share it to my Instagram and kind of be ahead of the game. So I like Twitter now, but it's not really that good for music, like for artists. Like you have to, if, if you're not like going right towards influencers and, and either paying them for like some type of something, I don't think it's going to really work too well. But I have seen it. I have seen things trend there. Um, like videos trend there and they do well, but it has to be very outrageous because Twitter's hard I, I to was, please. Yeah, I was gonna say, I think it has to be very specific and very timely and mm -hmm. in the era of, uh, you know, a pandemic where there are no real live events or they're really just kind of coming back. It's like, it's hard to, to kind of comment on a lot of stuff. And so from a music standpoint, it's hard to like jump into those conversations because you can't really show up like you want to you can't show right. up in the real world and and yeah i agree that is like the difference twitter is like of the moment because your feed is instantaneous it's Constantly a real live and timeline as opposed to the other algorithms where it's like here's the best content that's going to keep you most engaged twitter then like has brackets of that depending on which you know twitter app you use but agreed mm -hmm. that's kind of like first hitter and you got to be on point you got to be very intentional and if you're yeah. if you're trying to have conversations there it needs to be again very very specific very specific you gotta be so it's, it's a lot tougher but when it hits on twitter it hits so yep. it's like you know if you're gonna get it there congrats and if that goes viral on twitter then you're gonna get it's gonna go real far it's gonna get yep. on instagram by itself and then like another month later it's gonna be on facebook so i feel like <laughs> yeah. twitter is the cool one but yeah you yeah know what you're talking about on there um I'm not like a big TikToker, but I see everybody's on TikTok. I think that's cool. Um, I think it's for the younger kids though. Like, but what I think is so interesting is cause like, I have like a good, um, that you could say case study, like in my house, like kind of thing. Cause like my brother is um, 22 and my other brother is um, 13. So like, yeah you, you got the perfect like testing ground like hey, what's working over there like yeah what's going on over there yeah. my brother and my brother's like i like to look at my brother as um like me if i didn't go away to school type of thing because he's just not a college kid but yeah. he's like outside like he knows what's hot so like he'll be like that's whack and I'm like, oh, I thought that was the cool thing that people were doing. He's like, nah, that's not hot no more. <laughs> I'm like, he's like my good temperature check. Yeah, and my yep. brother's on games and all that type of stuff. So and he's it, like, yeah. oh, like, no, that's, no, nobody's doing that no more. <laughs> so I'm like, and then they're both boys, so they're very, they, they tell me. So yep. I think that's like, it's like literally perfect. Um, so yeah, I've been like training my, this is a side note, I was training my brother to like help me with like management because nice. he's like super like, He's just that cool kid. All yeah, the cool yeah. speakers and all the hot shit. I don't know what's going on, but he got it. <laughs> so, nice, nice. Yeah. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, well, we're coming down to time, um, but I do like to, to carve out a little bit here at the end uh, to make sure that uh, we get the, the little plug action in. So, yeah, curious to know, uh, you know, what you're working on that, that you're super excited about. Where can people find you? Mm -hmm. And then lastly, um this is my jesus and Meryl question but what would the name of your personal playlist be oh um okay so um what am i working on i'm actually damn i don't know if i wanted to talk about this yet i'll talk about it leave it up to yeah go, go ahead yeah go ahead. i don't know um so let's just say 
it's time for a brick and mortar. Okay. Know? All right. So we working on that. There you um, go. I like it. But um, I have my membership program that's been going really, really well. Um, so I'm partnering with more companies that want to like be a part of it sponsorship wise. Um, actually things are like, people are waking back up again. So I'm getting like tons of opportunities. So like people are like some, I actually started working with this big um, Nigerian artist named Kiz Daniel. Um, I didn't even know how big he was until I started Nigerian friends and they were like, what, you work with him? I'm like, look, I don't know. I don't be know, like people just come to me with stuff and I just be like, okay, like if I like it, I'll do it. So I'm working with him and that's been like a really big experience because I've been like, I really wanted to move out of the New York music scene a little bit because I feel like I kind of conquered it. Like I did everything there was to do. I want to do something else. So the international market was cool. So when they reached out to me, I was down for that. So I'm working on that and I'm trying to find a crossover record. So once I get that, I really hope that that's my plaque record. I really do. So yeah, yeah so there's that. Um, building my team, there's been a lot of cool stuff that we've been doing. Um, so they're like, I love them. They're amazing and stuff like that. So really pushing the membership program making it more physical, doing more workshops and stuff like that. So that's been really cool. Um, what else is it? You said, what else I have yeah, going on? Where, where can people get at you? Uh, okay, online? yeah. Please Instagram. Shout out the yeah. yeah, my Instagram, just my name, Jocelyn A. Rivera. Um, nice yeah, just real simple. There um, you go. Get me there, you could DM me, you could do whatever. I respond. Take me a little bit of time, but I respond. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm a real too. person. <laughs> yeah i have a life you know um yep. you could dm me i'll reach out um yeah that's my instagram pretty much and my go. email is just my name at the press i don't know i think my playlist would just be that hot shit you know just all that hot shit <laughs> <laughs> straight to the point like yo i got yes. it don't worry about that it hot yeah just, just just play hit play it's right here about it <laughs> cool there you go mm-hmm. all right well again appreciate the time glad to hear everything's going so well uh mm-hmm. even during this time those opportunities are starting to hit and, and different things and, and yeah excited to see where things go for yeah. you and, uh, again appreciate the time no problem thank you all right we'll talk soon yeah.